And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. This is Why Always Us. It's your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. With me is Sam Lee. Hiya, Sam. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, fine. Um, did you see that Ruben Diaz tweet? Uh, which one? <laughs> oh, the, the one about hopes and dreams. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I saw it last night when I got back from the Northwest Football Writers Awards, or whatever they're called, and I saw it at four in the morning and I thought, uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I um, see. I, that I, picked I, me up. That I was, was going to say, can we just mention the Northwest Footballers Awards? Because you, um, you're, you're doing a very good Barry White today. Yeah, this is how I sound after a heavy night. And <laughs> I, I was just going to say people are going to have to get used to it. But um, yeah, they won't have to get used to it because I don't have many heavy nights. Good. Don't get the opportunity. And Good. also don't really have the inclination to. But yeah, last night was it was all right. I was going to say free booze, but it wasn't free. Um, oh, well. That's just other people. Other people I assumed it would be free. Yeah, but other people paid for it. Yeah, so I, essentially it was free. But I thought Good. it would have been like a wedding, but nope. No, 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 no such luck. Uh, well, before we before we do move on, Sam, uh, it's funny you mentioned the Ruben Diaz stuff because uh, EJ David got in touch on Twitter uh, to say, uh, just for you, Sam, were you happy that your anti Diaz campaign made its way to the team sheet this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I also did. I, I sent you that picture on Instagram, didn't I? Of, I think it was one of Pep. Well, it was on one of Pep's social channels. Him like talking to Diaz, and like, my caption was just like, "Just turn it down a bit, mate," or or something like that. So yeah, maybe Pep's got sick of it as well now. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, look, obviously, I think I think he's great. But um, yeah, yeah, we've we've covered this ground. Well, just before we let's let's really unearth it properly, because uh, what was the, was the caption of the one today that that uh, you sent me? Always protect your dreams by chasing them. Um, that was it. That was it. So uh, here, I've got four quotes here, Sam. Uh, one of these, on. uh, one of these was <laughs> was not written by Ruben Diaz. Uh, you've just got to tell me which one it was. All right. Right. Um, so the first one I've got is: We fall together and we rise together. Or it could be: Take what went good, correct what went bad, and get ready for the next one. Energize and come back stronger. Or always progressing with a fist emoji. Are you reading these? Um, that's an office quote. Um, and that are you reading these office quote always comes into my head whenever I see um, these kind of things. And obviously Diaz is, is good for that. Um, I think it's the correct what was bad and take what was good and move on. I, 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 it, that, that doesn't seem as short and snappy as the others. Well, I'm very sorry uh, because that is one oh. of his because I played a trick on you because they're all Ruben Diaz quotes. They're all from his ah, Instagram. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. He must have had. A, he must have had a different social media manager on that day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into the, uh, the nuts and bolts of this week, Sam, uh, we've got a. No, special... that is it. That is it. That that's is it, that's it for this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is all I've got. No, we've got uh, we've got a special Black Friday deal on the Athletic right now. You can read all the city coverage and get ad-free podcasts for just one pound a month for twelve months. That offer ends at midnight on Sunday, the twenty eighth of November. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod to sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash Man City 
Fantasy Pod. Um, before we get into the rest of uh, the, the the podcast, Sam, I'm going to put the rest of uh, EJ David's uh, tweet to you because um, it's a bit harsh for me to pick that one little joke he made at the start of it out and then not do okay. the rest of it. Um, so uh, he said, what, what are your thoughts on having uh, our two best ball-playing centre-backs? Should Stones and Laporte play in more games together? Um, obviously, with Diaz not playing against Everton. Yeah, um, so, I mean, the contribution, what well, my contribution to City Twitter during the Everton game or around the Everton game was, that's a nice team. Um, I like the fact that Palmer played up front. Um, I liked, you know, the midfield kind of picks itself. I like Sterling on the right and Foden on the left. And I do like Stones and Laporte together. You know, I think there's a really good balance. I mean, obviously, with Diaz and Laporte, you've got the same balance as well. But they are they are very good at like progressing the ball, um, you know, on their day. The thing is, Diaz is probably more, probably, well, I think he's more consistent than Laporte possibly or has been over the last year. Um, and Diaz brings all that other stuff where he's, he's kind of, he holds things together so brilliantly and like, whoever plays with him seems to do very well out of that and he's got all those leadership qualities and all these things I'm kind of taking the piss out of. It all kind of ties into what he does on the pitch. But there is a really good balance with Stones and Laporte. I do like it. I I think they're both very good defenders. They're both excellent on the ball. I've, they're better on the ball than Diaz. Um, just because they're both excellent at it and Diaz is, I don't know, simply very good. Um, and yeah, it just it just all works. And it, it, was a, it was a nice looking team and a nice looking setup. And I mean, it was probably something to do with match load. I also wonder if, you know, Pep was expecting the low block against Everton. So it probably helps to get your best passes on and in Stones and Laporte, you're going to get that. Um, there's, like there's um, like rotation options throughout the team, but obviously Diaz doesn't normally drop out. Um, but it's normally after international breaks, isn't it? Did he not play against Burnley in October? Oh, that's a good shout. He might have done. So I think it's one of those where, and the thing is with the October one, he played all the games, hadn't he? Um, Chelsea, PSG, Liverpool. And then he'd have played for Portugal. So then he was out afterwards. And I think it's one of those where he's that important to everyone. He plays all the time, a bit like De Bruyne. Um, so after international breaks, it probably makes sense to to give him a bit of a break. But yeah. I, I would um, strongly imagine he'll be back in against PSG. But yeah, um, in in terms, it's like it's like a lot of things with City. Like if Jesus hadn't played on the right, it would have been fine. If Maris hadn't played on the right, it would have been fine. Um, it's just good to have those options, and like it doesn't get changed around too much at centre back. But um, it's certainly something that can be. Although when Ake came on, I do keep forgetting Ake's. Ake's around. there, yeah. Yeah. I do, yeah. Which is it's a it's a real shame, isn't it? Because he is good. He just he just needs a break. He just yeah. needs a break in the team. Do you know what I mean? Like he just made a run of games or whatever, just to show what he can do. And all of a sudden, you know, it could take a month, and people will be like, "This, this guy's really good." But yeah, I really it like it's, moment, it's a shame. It's just yeah, where, yeah. I, I really he, like. He him. can also do the inverted left back thing because people forget when he changed their um, tactics around halfway through last season. Um, there was the Newcastle game on Boxing Day, and I think I'm right in saying it was Ake, it was the inverted left back. And then he got injured after that. And Zinchenko took over. And obviously now you've got Cancelo anyway, who's keeping everyone out. Yeah. Um so yeah, he just he just needs a bit of a, a bit of a break. Yeah. Let's start with uh with Rodri, who we we've touched on uh in previous weeks about how he's been getting better and better, but we've not really given him the focus that he probably deserves for the, for this season. Um We've talked in the past about the number of times that I'd said things like, uh, you know, specifically around that Leeds game, the one all at Ellen Road last season, um, how I didn't get what he was offering to City. I didn't really care if he was in the midfield anymore or, you know, get somebody yeah. else in, that sort of thing. Um, and we're what? We're 12 months on from that, a little bit longer. Um, and like he's he's possibly 
um, well, not not possibly, probably the first name on the team sheet right now. He got man of the match against Everton. It was yeah. another an, another well, solid. He scored. Uh, well, it's the Gundogan thing. Because yeah, he scored. Yeah. But it but it wasn't just his goal, was it? It was it was the no. it's the overall performance, and it has been that now for yeah. But well, for most of this season. Yeah, um, it's that thing where it's difficult to analyse a Pep team and put across the beauty of it without being not a proper genius as well. But like I say, in this country, all of us as kind of football reporters, not all brilliant tactically, not authoritative enough. Now, I was thinking this the other day with Southgate getting a new contract. It, everyone just kind of went, okay, yeah, fine. But it's like there's nobody really in this country equipped to look at the, the Euro final, England getting to the final and saying, we should have done this better. We should have done that better. There's nobody with that tactical authority to who's going to put their head above the parapet and say that. And also, it works the same with Pep because it just looks like this is why people think it's all about money for Pep because it just looks like you put good players on the pitch and they and they play really well and that's it. But like that, there's so much. So there's like a, an absolute like Grand Canyon's worth of nuance in what they do. And it's the same with Rodri. I wrote an article last season, probably yeah, probably around this time last season, saying. Just not really sure, you know, the same kind of thing you were saying, not really sure what he does or, or you know, how suitable he is. They need somebody, you know, because the thing was at this point when they were conceding loads of counterattacks and, you know, we've said this a million times, they knew when they signed him, he needed to improve on like, the defensive side of his game. They didn't expect him to have to play every week. And also for that, you know, those defensive flaws to be exposed all the time because the amount of counterattacks that City were conceding. So, you know, they weren't playing to his strengths and ultimately that's why he didn't look great then. And it's why he's looking better now because he's obviously adapted and improved as a player, but also the team are playing more to his strengths and he's doing more of what he's good at. Um, and that, But that was kind of the issue last year. And what I'm I'm saying really is there's so much, um, you know, really detailed tactical stuff that it's just difficult to see. And if you see um, a holding midfielder not breaking up play, you think, well, well what's he's not he doing? doing his job. Yeah. And I carry um I've literally just seen the word karaoke on telly and said that instead. Um, <laughs> Fernandinho was like the yardstick for that, wasn't it? You know, Fernandinho is the reference point. This is how you play pivot in a city team. And it's what Fernandinho does. And we were kind of judging him by those standards. It's a bit like what I was saying about Grealish, you know, judging him by what Sane used to do. Yeah, yeah. They, they got to do different things. And like, basically all we could see was a guy who played a lot of sideways passes because, you know, it was double pivot. He was only really giving it to De Bruyne because nobody else was really doing much, apart from Mahrez and, and Cancelo to an extent. Um, and it was just like, what, what is he doing? I don't yeah. get it. And that's wasn't, why. It wasn't you know, really because breaking of our, play. Because of our own kind of lack of understanding yeah. of what he needed to do in terms of, you know, blocking off the passing lanes and the kind of, like, I, I remember being really annoyed with that article because I couldn't get, because I think we might have only had one data guy in Tom at the time and he was so busy with stuff. I wanted something else for the article, like a different perspective and I couldn't get it. And I've tried my best to find my own. Um, and then like a week later, Tom had done an article on like progressive passes and it was like, Rodri does the most in the league. And I was like, fuck, like if I'd have, if I'd have had better like understanding of the data or, or, or known where, where to find that data beforehand, yeah. it would have been a more rounded and, and fairer assessment of where he is at City. Cause we could have said, you know, he's still struggling in these elements, but he does do this. And this is what Pep and, yeah, likes. Bet, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what Pep likes. It's so important. He does that. Um, and yeah, so basically since then, I, I know I, I owe him an article basically because the only article I've actually um, written about him individually is that. And, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds since then. And even to the, you know, to the point where this was the end of last season, 
where I could have done that. And I remember there being times thinking, oh, I could do Rodri this week. But at the end of last season, there was always something else. Um, but it's definitely the case now. But the thing is, I, I joked that the, the, he got man of the match because he scored. Um, but he, it, he is also breaking up the play now, isn't he? You know, he's stopping well, counter-attacks. Uh, and that's the easiest thing for us to understand, isn't it? Yeah. For like 90% of us watching football, if he's running back with somebody, winning the ball, turning around and starting an attack, you go, oh, that was really good. Because it's, it's, but after a goal, it's probably the most obvious thing you can see a holding midfielder do. Yeah. And I just think there was probably a bit of a lack of understanding from, from, from I don't know, certainly myself. I'll, let's just say I won't speak for anyone else, but certainly myself. Um, but also there was the element of, we was playing in a team that wasn't, that was conceded so many counter-attacks. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone, they, thought, everyone thought Gundogan was shit this time last year. And now he's, like, since they started putting him in the box and making those runs and not having him so deep and getting him to do stuff that he's better at, it, everyone thinks uh, everyone fully appreciates his value now. Everyone realises yeah. how good he is. And it's just basically the same for absolutely everyone. But now, And now he's not scoring as much as he was last season. He's having a bit of a slow start to this year. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But, hey, I mean, here's a, here's a question that kind of popped into my head when you were talking about uh, Rodri and, and looking at it with the Fernandinho uh, kind of comparison that we were making at the start of last season and, and, and before that in, in uh, 1920. Um, are they different jobs? Do, do, uh, Rodri's role in the team is not what Fernandinho's role in the team is. It? It's 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 the same position, but but his but Guardiola's looking yeah. at it and going his his strengths aren't what Fernandinho's strengths were. So we'll play to his strengths and we'll kind of mould it a little bit differently. Is it is that is that yeah. the sort of nuance we're talking about here? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, because it took a while for City to get Rodri, didn't didn't it? Um, and if you look at the identity of the people they wanted, I mean, it was a bit of a. A mix that it wasn't a perfect kind of oh yeah we want this guy because if you remember they were trying to sign Fred, um, which was probably more of a Fernandinho thing but not not quite you know just in terms of the energy he he was playing with when he was at um, Shakhtar he would carry the ball a lot obviously that looks like a bullet dodged but I don't like that phrase because like I just said you can't judge a player on, on if he's being made to do stuff he's not good at or he's in a bad team or whatever yeah. And obviously Ro- well yeah team. Rodri looked like um, a bullet taken and he's not been that at all has he yeah yeah exactly and like and Dombele was also on the list when people had like barely heard of him so much so that when I think it might have been early 2018 I was like when I heard they were looking at him it was like is this guy just going to be one of those CFG players that gets sent out on loan if they were to <laughs> sign him but then so they um, and Dombele is again he's more all action. But then the other ones they eventually really tried to sign, like Frankie De Jong and Jorginho, are a lot more like Rodri. And I remember speaking to somebody at the time when they were like, explaining what the kind of evolution City wanted from their midfielders. I was like, well, basically, because Fernandinho is amazing at what he does, but I could see that what the guy was saying was wanted more of a of a Busquets, you know, somebody yeah. who, who like reads the game even better. Like, I, I mean, this is a stupid way of putting it, but this is how I put it at the time. Um, like you could say that, you know, Fernandinho does a job like a nine out of 10, but maybe wants somebody who's a, a 10 out of 10. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's performance. Cause I think you could say Fernandinho does what he does brilliantly. And that, that works in the team. Yeah. But I just think Pep wanted it in a different way. Um, more about, I don't, I don't know. I don't, again, like we're, we're picking up my own, you know, like I say, Rodri's kind of flaws are exposed. My own kind of journalism flaws are being exposed here because tactically I'm not, I'm not brilliant, but it's, it's just more about positioning and occupying the right spaces rather than just, oh, 
Again, I, I think this is too simplistic, but Fernandinho is more all action, isn't he? Yeah, well, I know you. And I know you mean because crashing the, the, around, but yeah, Fernand, um, with with Rodri, it's supposed to be a bit more. We'll just be there, just be in the right place, and obviously the passing, Fernandinho's passing range is is excellent. It's a bit like it's probably a bit like the Diaz and Stones and Laporte comparison. Like Diaz is very good, but the other two are excellent. Well, it's here's a, I mean here, a here's like a. That. Here's the thing, because you think of you think of Fernandinho. Um, the, the phrase that we always used to use for Fernandinho when he was in his absolute prime was putting out fires. He'd, he'd charge around the pitch, and you go, you know, you know where there was where there was suddenly an, an incident that needed dealing with. Dealing with, bang, Fernandinho was there. And you don't get that same sort of feeling from Rodri. He just seems to pop up in the right places at the right time, and that's yeah. it. Feels like a lot more of a reading of a game of the game than than yeah. kind of reacting to to developing situations. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, basically, it's, it's what Pep did when he played. You know, like, he wasn't the most physical, he wasn't the most athletic, um, but he just had incredible reading of the game and understanding and, you know, positioning in the way that he could, like, kind of, you know, obviously get the ball and have the personality to, to get it on the half turn and play up the pitch and get the team moving and set the tempo in that kind of way. And it's obviously what he built his Barca around with, with Busquets. Um and Chabi Alonso went to, to Bayern to kind of help with that. Um, unless I've gone absolutely mad and that didn't happen. Like, that did happen, didn't it? You know, <laughs> this is the FWA Awards coming back <laughs> to haunt me. Um, and, and then he's he's obviously wanted that. He, he appreciates how good Fernandinho is. And like he's, I don't, need, I don't need to tell you how much he appreciates Fernandinho. That's not inside knowledge, is it? Just look at what everything he said over the yeah. years. Um, but yeah, when he was thinking, okay, we need to get this guy in to be the next Fernandinho. This is how we're going to do it. And it was, Let's just do it the way I've always done it, and the way I had Busquets do it, and yeah, that that that's the way to to go about it. And you know, yeah. he is he is very like Busquets, isn't he? Um, yeah, in how, in how he plays. The I mean, the the, the other thing that uh, I think certainly if 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 Rodri wasn't good at this before, he's certainly good at it now. Um, and it's dealing with pressure, and it's dealing with you know when he's when the ball is 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 pinged back to him from one of the wingers or from whoever's playing the false nine, and he's is in that position, and he's kind of got to hold it up and and kind of find De Bruyne or find Bernardo or you know find somebody who is who is in another position to start another attack, and suddenly it's pinged back to him. He found himself that like he's got two or three players around him. And he takes it on the half turn, just moves it to, to one side, suddenly sees that there's no pass on that way, goes back the other way and knocks it square or whatever. The the the, the way he's able to now hold off players and the way he's, he's able to just hold it hold, hold possession. He did it, he did one in the derby, I think I think we mentioned on the on um the podcast after the derby, where uh, there were two or three United players just uh, just under just putting pressure on him completely. And he didn't yeah. even break sweat just to turn and, and yeah, knock it, yeah, knock yeah. it round the corner. Um, he did it a couple of times against Everton as well. When you thought there's a real, that these these are the opportunities where in 1920 teams were breaking against City because they'd win the ball back at that point, and then suddenly they'd have a, a three on three on the on the centre backs. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the funny thing is, you mentioned that United example, and there were examples against Everton, but obviously it's not just him. It's, it's the whole team and they're so technically good and it's like Everton didn't do anything in the game um, but there was also just an element of whenever there's like a loose ball or a, a ball that's difficult to deal with obviously you expect Premier League footballers to be technically good enough just to kind of get it under control again and pop it around but just the way they knock it around between them one two touch and all of a sudden it just ends up back at the centre back and City go again it's like you see whenever they used to do open training sessions which obviously with Covid now they don't do but open training sessions for 15 minutes before Champions League games all, all they did was just the rondos and you'd see them knocking it around all day 
every time I watch City, and especially recently, and I remember thinking this during the Everton game, was just it's just like it is like a training session how they do that, but they do that so often. That's how those situations where it all comes back to the million different ways that they stop counter attacks. You know, it's not just Fernandinho or Rodri breaking stuff up, but that comes into it. But it's all positioning, and you know, if your fullbacks are forty yards from goal, obviously they can they can help um, rotate the ball, but if it breaks down. They can just engage straight away, and obviously, yeah. you can get the tackle, make a foul, whatever, or just put them under pressure. But also, if that ball breaks loose and it's kind of it's at an awkward height or whatever, it just doesn't matter to see because they can just ping it around. And yeah, Rodri's fantastic at that. There was that video last week on on Twitter, I think, of Busquets doing it in training. Um, and again, the Busquets comparison is there, but obviously, this is just how a lot of Spanish footballers play. You know, they're so technically gifted, but you know, obviously, Pep brought that style to to City. Yeah, and it it really does help. The the thing with Roger actually in pre- playing under pressure and and those passes is, I mean, if we're giving a full appraisal of the last year, he did lose his place in the team at the start of last season, didn't he? Um, yeah, 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 for the for the PSG game, second leg. I mean, definitely the second leg. I can't remember it, um, if it was the first as well. But I, was, it, was it was it the Munch and Gladbach oh. where he played a, a suicide yeah. pass back? Yeah, and that, um, that game was dead, wasn't it? Like, yeah, City yeah, yeah. killed that, and then he just. Gave a stupid pass in like the last minute, and they had a chance on goal. And you can imagine Pep thinking, "What?" And then I'm sure he did it again against Dortmund, and then that's when Fernandinho started to come back in. And I know that Pep. Do you remember when they played Palace when Aguero scored that really good, like half, yeah, just yeah. half chance, with like a kind of scratch team, very, you know, rotated. And Torres, I think, scored and started to play really well again. Um, it was in that game. I think Pep went. Yeah, we need Fernandinho here. So didn't Fernandinho get taken off at like half time or something? Oh, something like a, that. I can't remember. Uh, it was yeah, something yeah. like that. And I think people on Twitter were like, oh, he's obviously, you know, may, oh, does that mean he's coming off now? He's been safe for the game. And that was the case because during that game, Pep had said, yeah, I want Fernandinho to play now, not Rodri. So there was that element of last season in the big games, really big games. He went, okay, I'm not sure about Rodri in these circumstances. I suppose, you know, we'll see, we'll see that again when the big games come around. But, talking about the big game so far and look the big knockout Champions League games towards the end of the season there's a lot more jeopardy involved and maybe we'll see against PSG because you know that could be a difficult game for City if they don't win in terms of the group position so that'd be big but I say the United game okay not much pressure but Liverpool Anfield and Chelsea as well yeah showing showing his best in those moments and yeah he really is shining now and yeah, to maybe tie it back to what you said at first and, and bring in the next guy, those those 2019 buys that kind of just got thrust in. You know, we know, and there's no point to adding on it, we know that you need time to adapt to City in the main. Um, but these guys, him and Cancelo, had to come in at a time when City, you know, they went from 2018-19, winning the last 14 games of the season, absolutely relentless, um, to... Oh God, Fernandinho's playing centre back now. We haven't got yeah. the port. <laughs> Counter attacks are happening left, right, and centre. Oh, we we better put another defensive midfielder in there. Oh, that's changed how we've played. Oh, nothing. Everything's fallen apart, even though they were still quite good. It was, you know, and it was okay. By the way, Rodri, can you adapt to this? And by the way, Cancelo, can you adapt to this? Um, and now, obviously, they're they're both thriving because yeah, it's like it's like a, jo- a double jeopardy reason. thing, isn't it? You you not yeah. only do you need the time to settle into a Pep Guardiola team, and and you know we as I, I guess we as fans we look at it and go, um, you know, 
maybe we should have given these guys a little bit more time to settle in, especially with the the problems that were ongoing. But you've got that, you've got the element of settling in. And then on top of that, you've got, you know, that season, that 1920 season just fell apart with, with the, the, the major issues that City had. Some could have been addressed. Others were a little bit more unforeseen in the in the, the kind of Laporte injury situation sort of thing. Company uh, deciding that he wanted to leave, that he wanted to leave, and uh, and that was quite a last minute thing, I believe. So, like, you have all of these things come together, and and suddenly you expect these players to settle in as well. And we've and we're, and we're sitting here now going, actually, uh, is it any surprise that we were wrong? Is it any surprise really that yeah, exactly. uh, that that we, that we that we misjudged these? Um, you mentioned it's, it's, hard, it's hard. It's just hard to see what's not there. It's hard to yeah. imagine. This is what I mean. So, like, nobody's really judged Southgate as as an example because it's like, well, what he has done has been, you know, in terms of taking England to semi-finals and finals, it's an improvement. But uh, no, nobody really is is qualified in this country, or if they are, they're they're keeping their head down because you could just say, look at that approach in the final again. When you come up against a team like Italy, well, Italy now, and and Spain, who were confident, dominating the ball and and keeping it and. Even though they're, you know, they might be losing, they know they know what they've got to do. They've got to keep possession. Like England, for all the improvement under Southgate, are no different in that respect. And yeah. part of it's a culture change, but part of it is also just you've got these great players. You can work with them. You can do certain things. And you, it's so difficult to spot what's not there. You need to be incredibly switched on, or just be deluded and wrong. But basically, you just need to be able to say, "Look, this this needs to be better. It can it can be better than this just because it's going well." Uh, there could be a completely different alternative which is even better and that's kind of what it was for city last season yeah yeah it was, um, like you couldn't you couldn't really tell what was what it could have been and we, we ended up analyzing city based on the fact that well they're playing a double pivot so they may as well do this or they may as well do that when in reality it needed tearing up and it's funny isn't it that um i mean even pep didn't see that for months so it, it goes to show how difficult it is but yeah things can just be so much different you end up just analyzing what's in front of you because it's very difficult to to imagine that what's, there what's is an alternative there. reality. Yeah. Yeah. It really could really could be, you know, much better. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can't move on from Rodri into Cancelo without talking about uh, Rodri's goal, Sam, um, because he's been threatening that for a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, um, I mean, we know we know he's got that technique. We know that he's got that. He's got that in the locker, and like because he because he hits it so hard, but so clean as well. On the first replay, when you just see it come off, like just the perfect part of the foot, like it was so clean. Yeah, like I've not from from was, my I'm memory. Sure I was thinking this. Go on. From Go my on. memory, I think he's done it twice already. He did, he did it in Norwich when they lost three two there, um, right at the death. 
Uh, he, yeah, he, he, he it scored it. One, wasn't yeah. It? And then he, he did it at Burnley that season Burnley, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the, yeah, that's well, the only other times I can I can remember that, that that happening from him. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously he hits them a lot, and I think I think I remember him hitting the bar, or certainly they go over or whatever. But he he has got a hell of a strike on him, and it, it is just the technique. Like it just the, the first replay was just look just look at where he's caught that, and it was so clean. Just the ball just just it just flew off his foot. Um, the perfect trajectory and all of that. But it was funny because Gary Neville was like, oh, probably people in the crowd were thinking, oh no, don't shoot. But I was like, no, like everyone, everyone knows. That I mean, we said it, the yeah. other week, everyone wants people to shoot even when it's not technically possible. But everyone, I think every City fan knows he's got that in the locker and it was, it's nice to see it rewarded because I, I don't think he does it too often where it's like, come on, mate, stop shooting now. Like he does it often enough to be like, yeah, th- one of these is going to, it's going to be kind of goal of the season contender, and yeah, yeah the, Everton, the Everton goal was. Will, it was, will it we, was a it was a beautiful goal. It was so cleanly struck. Will we be saying the same about Laporte when he finally smacks one in from the edge of the box? Well, he is the one, <laughs> isn't he? That it's just like, no, mate, stop doing it. It's can we stop doing this now, Emmerich? Come on, like, yeah, um, you've had your fun. I'm, can we just go back to Carl Walker taking that free kick at Anfield from about forty yards? I thought he was <laughs> going to take one against Everton as well. You know, yeah, that's why I remembered it. I was just like, what are you doing? Right. Oh, well, I mean. It was the stupidest thing that's ever happened under Pep. <laughs> and there's been plenty. Simple as that. Yeah, there's been well, plenty. in fact, did I say that was the stupidest thing that's ever happened in City's history on Twitter? I, mean, I don't I, know. <laughs> I, I, was having, I was having fun at the game, which I normally do, but I mean, it's up there. It's, it's right doing? up there. Uh, what, uh, what were they all doing? Let's let's switch uh, flanks to the left back, Sam, because uh, you, you teased that it's Cancelo we're also talking about that started badly and got better. Um, I mean, I, I even said I thought he needed a rest after the Palace game where he kept crossing it over the bar. That 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 game yeah. frustrated me, but that it's so. When you pull out and look at it in context, that game is is one in a string of uh, well, lots of really really good performances. Where that was the that's the one anomaly, isn't it? It was a. I think it's fair to yeah. say I got that one a bit wrong. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Where I think we've talked about this before with Grealish and stuff, in terms of whether it's Grealish or whether it's Foden, whoever it is on that left side, the job basically is to cut the ball back and and find Cancelo in space. And then when you're on the corner of the box, all you can, a lot of what you can do is just, just crosses in. And it is frustrating, um, but it's, it's a bit like one of those games we talk about it when, you know, City keep doing the things they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, the way Pep speaks about creating chances is just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and, and trying and trying and trying. That's what they're told to do. And he's like, well, I'm getting the ball in the space. I'm putting the ball into the box like I'm supposed to. Like, if I start doing other things, Pep will go mad because we're deviating from the plan. But it's not working. And that probably says a lot about why there are those games where you just think, what's going on there? But um, yeah, that was that was one that he had. Um, but he's just, just phenomenal, really. And it's another... The thing is, the way he kind of played during City's evolution last season when he you know he was right back he went into midfield and then he went up and he was kind of playing in that, that kind of the De Bruyne area so he wasn't just inverting and staying deep he was going forward as well and that was very new that was like another yeah. kind of evolution of what a fullback does like he's doing it he's, he's doing another evolution now as a left back and I don't know which one's better I imagine you had both of them I, mean, I don't know if that would be tactically sustainable but imagine imagine there was two two Cancelos who could do that like they're doing the same thing on the right I mean you probably again tactically unsustainable you probably wouldn't need it or couldn't do it but just the thought of that to be at like the vanguard of like this latest tactical evolution or at least a, a Guardiola tactical evolution in completely different roles on completely different sides 
And again, we talked about City and false wingers and whatever, and I'm still something I'm looking into and plan to write about um, when I'm back, which is for the West Ham game. Uh, the wingers, a lot of the job is just, we'll create space for this guy. Yeah. Because forget the fact he's a left back. He's, a, he's the playmaker. So it, it, it's like, it's not so much a thankless task because, you know, when, when you're doing it for Pep, and he and he appreciates you doing it well. You get your thanks. You know you stay yeah. in the team and and you do it. But it's like when you play as a false nine, uh, none of those players are playing at their individual best in terms of they're not doing the things they like to do the most. I can't imagine you know De Bruyne and Foden and Bernardo and whatever. I'm sure they'd rather be running towards the goal or making the passes towards the goal and and scoring and you know and and running at people and you know in full flight but they're not they're doing the false nine stuff and it's it works for the team so they do it and that's why city have got you know great players because they're not just technically great but they're willing to do that as well and it's a bit like what the wingers are doing now it's like for Grealish it it is it does feel like a bit of a thankless task and I know that you know he one of the things he needs to adapt to is Cancelo he believes he's like okay well this is new because it's not just okay well now the fullback is going inside, whereas before it was always overlapping, which you can imagine is is a big enough change anyway. But I think, you know, Grealish is, he, cre- he is creating, everyone says about how he creates space and attracts men to him. But a lot of the job, I think, seems to be, well, just create that space because this guy, like, like I was about to say a minute ago, forget he's a left back. Like, we know about Pep, it's not so much about positions, it's about roles, but this guy, that is it, isn't it? Like, yeah. okay, he does have to do the left back stuff. When they're out, when they're out of possession, or, you know, on a transition, he doesn't need to be there and make those tackles and break up play and whatever, like a left back would do. But in terms of use on the ball, it is completely different. And I know there's attacking um, fullbacks, and I know Trent Alexander Arnold has been going through the middle more. And I know obviously like Reese James and Chilwell are, are very important um, for Chelsea. But it's just like his playmaker. Yeah, does, the, the team is set up to get him into those positions. Has has he looked better in the last few weeks because he's had a left footer in front of him? Um, because Foden Foden has been staying a lot wider, and then you've got Bernardo yeah. as well floating around the left hand side. Who the, the fact that they then stretch the pitch just gives him a little bit more space. If Grealish is ahead of him, is it is it something City still need to work out how to get those two to work together? Because obviously Grealish wants to come inside and Cancelo also wants to come inside on, onto the, on both onto the right foot. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they can obviously, you know, you can still keep the width if you're right-footed uh, and, you, and you're playing on the left. You can still do that positionally. Um, but yeah, it, there does seem to be a subtle difference there. And maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't know. But um Maybe it's that. It does make sense. And it does seem like, certainly against Everton, that was the ploy, um, just to create those spaces yeah. um, in, inside, you know, those kind of half spaces and, and get Cancelo there. From basically where he was, where he put the assist in from. You know, get him in space in that role. And part of it is, you know, Foden's position. But I'm sure with Grealish, it would be the same because you could still do that. But it, it it gets more congested when it's like, I don't know, but like when they're, when they're on the ball and, because Foden's not really pegging them wide when he's got the ball, because he's still got to kind of come inside. It's more when you well, it's more when you haven't got it, you just stand out there, and it's like, well, you can do that with a with a right footer on the left anyway. But yeah, there is obviously a, a little bit of a difference there. But I, yeah, I do think part of Grealish's role has been to to just to bring people away. So so um, Cancelo can get on the ball I think maybe they're doing it in a slightly different way with Foden where it's less on the ball and it's more off it but again yeah 
They, you, me- you mentioned the assist. my understanding there, and there's something I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, that, it's an insane assist and an insane finish. I'm, it's one of the best goals I've ever seen. Um, I, but it's funny because like, it's, it almost comes from Cancelo's desperation to use his right foot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like the, the fact that, he was, that there was no consideration that he would put that in with his left foot. And he's, it, like, his left foot's not bad. It's, 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 it's the, he can still deliver a decent cross with his left foot. But he, tr- he just trusts his right foot so much more and he ends up looking so much better. And outside of the foot curler, onto Sterling there, looks so much better than if he'd just curled that with, the, with his left foot. Yeah, I suppose there can be times where it looks like overcomplicating it, but it's like, again, we watch football and sometimes, you know, somebody like, does a back heel or whatever and it can be seen as showboating or whatever, but like these guys are so switched on and so technically good, not just the city, but like across the league. It's like, sometimes that's just the best option. Like if you can do that, it's not, t- it's not taking the piss. Like if you, if you've got the technical ability to do that, then do it. And obviously he uses the outside of his right a hell of a lot, doesn't he? Um, and often, you know, when, when he's putting those crosses in, they, they seem to be more dangerous than certainly the, you know, the examples against Palace where he's just on the corner of the box kind of standing up towards the back post, which was never yeah. really going to get anywhere. But yeah, the ones with a, a kind of a different shape on it and the ones that are kind of going in towards the goal but swinging away, they're arguably harder to deal with. And yeah, that that pass. I mean, the, the thing is, the whole this whole thing we've been talking about, about how he kind of revolutionised playing as a right back and now he's doing it as a left back. Like the problem with in the first season, was he was he just couldn't cope with the demands of doing anything other than running up on the right wing and putting the crosses in because that's all he'd ever done. I know he played a bit of left back in in the past and he like made it known that he hated it. Yeah, and then so he came in and Pepper's like, "Well, if you do this and you do this, you like, just head fell off." Basically, again, <laughs> you know, you got you got to adapt. You got to adapt to all these things, but also you got to adapt in a season when all sorts of stuff wasn't really working anyway for City in different games. They couldn't really get to the bottom of why. But yeah, he. It was. It was just wasn't at it because of these extra demands, and you know, Pep's admitted now. This is on the record. Do you remember during lockdown before football came back, there was a load of reports about him going to Barca. Like that was all legit. He wanted to go. Yeah. Not even full way through the season, but he was just like, this isn't really working out. And I, and I think it was a, one. Of, I think it was the case of you know when City like, well, if you want to go, then you can. Like they weren't like, we need to get rid of this guy. He's he's, he's an idiot. It was yeah. just a, but okay, if, well, if he doesn't want to be, if you want to go, then yeah. we'll let you. Um, and then, but then he changed his mind. And then, honestly, to to go from somebody who wasn't sure what to do when you're not just running down the wing or putting crosses in the box to being one of the most tactically flexible fullbacks, <laughs> I don't want to start saying ever. I'm really, I'm really trying to cut down on the hyperbole. But like, it, it's it's incredible what he's doing, and the context of struggling tactically initially to just mastering all this now is unbelievable. And people saying the other day, he did a press conference on Friday. He said it, the biggest secret is he loves football and he, he compared him to definitely Foden. I can't remember who else he said, maybe Grealish. But these guys who just, they've always got the ball. You know, Foden will just kick the ball around his house. You know, he just can't, can't he just can't be himself. away from me. Yeah. He's always the last in from, you know, the warm-ups or whatever because he's just having more shots on goal or whatever. It Like he says, Cancelo is 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 one of them. Um, and obviously, yeah, since he, he was thinking about going, he's just gone. It, it just clicked, doesn't it? And he's thinking, yeah. yeah. This is this is the place for me, and this is a, this is it now. Like when we talked in the summer about the four or five players who could go, and look, when Cancelo doesn't play, he's arsy as well. You know, he, he's a bit, he's more of a Laporte than a Bernardo, shall we say, or more yeah. of a uh, not necessarily Bernardo because obviously he wanted he wanted to go, but you know, with Bernardo, if he's unhappy, 
you're going to get performances out of yeah, it. Yeah, you can't tell. Um, yeah. With Cancelo, not not quite so much. Um, but obviously, he doesn't have to worry about that too much now because he's just he's just going to be in the team. And I always say, I really like Zinchenko and I like how City play without him. But it just seems at the moment, you just can't see him getting back in for a, a proper stint. You know, there'll be times when they mix the team around and, and Zinchenko play. is yeah. never going to let you down and he'll be excellent. And I'm really, really huge fan of Zinchenko. But now if you like, okay, they've got Liverpool away or they've got PSG at home, who's playing? Cancelo is definitely in the team. Yeah. And like a few months ago, I'd have been like, oh, I'll put Zinchenko in for this one. But it's just it's just Cancelo now, isn't it? it just has and to it, it, it's not just that. He's definitely getting in at left-back because uh, it was after the uh, game against Everton where Guardiola was asked about his two full-backs and he said uh, that Carl Walker's playing the best football that he's, that he's ever played under him yeah. as well. So it's like, like Walker is playing really well. Cancelo is playing really well. There's no, just no opening at full-back at the moment. Yeah, and that's the other thing um, in terms of Cancelo's first season and his ad- adaptation. Like City have brought in fullbacks to just to keep Walker on his toes. Obviously, they got Danilo in because of the old, you know, it went back to Danny Alves saying no, and they needed somebody who could also play left back. But Danilo never really got a look in because Walker just kept beating him out of the team. Yeah, and then but even like even at the start of this year, like when Cancelo was playing right back and he was doing all those brilliant things, I know a lot of City fans were like, okay, well, we don't really need Walker now, but Walker just got back in. He just kept getting back in to the extent where people was like, okay, well, we'll just we'll just. Cancelo on the left and even at that stage he was much better I would say Cancelo on the right than than on the left but now it's just they're both so, equally brilliant yeah. I, no, I, no I, I said, I, just just fantastic in different like completely different ways yeah um but brilliant um I suppose he's probably a bit disappointed he's he's not scored a few more goals um just you know because of the positions he was getting in last year it was it there was a bit more of well goal scoring responsibility. Now is it more of a creative, a bit like, you know, quarterback, playmaker, like we've said already. Um I'm sure he'd want to be getting into more goal scoring range and he's definitely got that in in his in his locker for sure. Yeah, he's it's great to watch him at the minute. It's just really fun. Most of the time. Most of the because he does still do stuff. It's like why why are you even trying that pass? And I don't mean I don't mean the passes with the outside of his boot trying to force something to go out for a goal kick. It's just like why have you done that? Like, it's, it's, <laughs> the, the the pass you should have played based on what City players do was there. Why are you trying to lob it over there? Like he does do some odd stuff still, but like it, it's just nowhere near enough to you know to think. Okay, this yeah, the, come out of the, team. the net effect is still quite quite uh, quite oh, positive, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely massive. Yeah. yeah. Let's finish this week, Sam, by talking about the youngsters that played against Everton because uh, you mentioned Cole Palmer at the start of the show. Um, after the game, Guardiola was asked about uh, both him and James McAtee uh, being involved. Uh, this is what he had to say. It was difficult for all of us, for the people who play in the middle, uh, to find spaces. In the beginning, we, we struggled to find him. It's not The position of striker is the most difficult position in the team. But when 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 the game goes on, he he felt more comfortable. He make his quality for a, his aggressivity in the final third. He make a good assist and make a good performance in the level of the team. And now already he has almost 90 minutes in his mind, in his legs. What means Premier League to fight with experienced players? So you know, is it is is it you know when you let the players. Let them play is an incredible investment for the club, for the future. And uh, yeah, very pleased for the minute, for, for his performance. And of course, the few minutes uh, Maka, James uh, Makati play was <laughs> really good as well. He's an exceptional player too. So yeah, very pleased. Very pleased for both of them. Were you surprised that Palmer started some? 
it's not, it didn't feel like not, a very Guardiola thing to do, though. No, not hugely. But also, if you think of the lack of options, I'm not saying this is the only reason, but if you think about the lack of options, like no Grealish, no De Bruyne. Um, so obviously, the, you then you got Gundogan and Bernardo pinned to their midfield positions. Um, obviously, it's, Sterling on the left just doesn't seem to be a thing that Pep's going to do now, or at least he he done the right. On the right, I guess. I mean, I suppose he could have put he could have put Sterling on the left and Foden down the middle. That wouldn't have been a surprise either, would it? But no, I think with the lack of options, and I I tweeted before the United game. I knew it was never going to happen, obviously. But I thought I'd love to see um, Palmer play false nine at Old Trafford. And then I was thinking about the game, the Everton game beforehand, and I just thought, if something just came into my head, I, I thought I was something like I wondered looking at the betting odds to see about. Um, Palmer scoring because I just had a feeling. I thought, I wonder if he'll come in today. So no, it didn't. It didn't surprise me hugely. But you're right; it's not typically something Pep would do in in one of those big games. And like he said afterwards, I say big games, you know, Premier League game. Yeah. Um, it, what he said afterwards, you know, he's got 90 minutes in his mind and in his legs now about what the Premier League is, and that's the thing. Like that's why a lot of the young players don't start because they don't know what the Premier League is. And you know, Pep's thinking, well, if they don't know and they're not doing their job properly, then the team doesn't work and we drop points and, you know, it's a big risk. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I suppose it, it wasn't a hugely pep thing to do, but no, the, he, he's been playing a hell of a lot, hasn't he, recently, Palmer? Like, even just sub-appearances or whatever, scoring a lot of goals, um, doing well. I was really impressed with his performance uh, against West Ham in the in the Carabao. Um, and yeah, so it, it doesn't really surprise me because it's, it's obvious that Pep really likes him really and really him. trusts him. Yeah. I think I think that's come out of nowhere, really, because we knew how good he was. But then the difference between being good and, you know, Pep trusts you and picks you in games. And, and, and I know last season, I you know, I had to write at the start of the season, you know, a breakthrough star. I was like, well, Palmer's, Palmer will be the one. But he didn't really break through because we didn't expect him to, you know, because you got to be at a certain level. But yeah. now it's really accelerated. Like yeah. over the last, what, two months? How? Been a hell of a lot. How do you think he did against Everton? I've seen uh, basically what what I'm getting at is I've seen uh, two camps on this. Uh, one yes, one yes, side of things exactly. that 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 he fits right in, and the other the other side of things has been well, he looked a little bit inexperienced. He didn't play badly, but he looked inexperienced. Um, and I yeah. kind of wonder if if it's possible that that both of those things can be true. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've, and I think this is it, and I think this is why there's a debate. Um, I think we said something about this recently. Yeah, we did on the unpopular opinions. Like you can either remember. King Kladzi fondly because he mm. he lit he lit up magic moments or whatever. Or you can think, yeah, okay, well, it wasn't really this and wasn't really that. And both can be true. You know, you can be inconsistent, but you can be good. And you know, some people look at that, or you can have moments of magic. And some people look at that. So I'm in a I'm in a WhatsApp group with um, Jack and and John, Jack Gorn and John Smith, um, and I messaged them after the game because I, I couldn't go to the game, so I still can't type. Um, so I didn't go to the game, but I watched it on TV. And I messaged him late on Sunday and said, what do you reckon to Palmer? I thought he was a bit disappointing. Um, but, but again, I, and they basically, they both bit my head off and they said he was great. And I was like, look, I know he's a great player overall. And I know if he didn't have the best game, it's because it was his you know, first start for City in the Premier League and because he's 19 years old. And you know, I get all that. But I thought what he did on, on the ball was a bit sloppy. And at time, you know, there was, there was good stuff that he did. Um, and in terms of, I think, both arguments being correct, I thought it was a bit sloppy on the ball. But also because of the reaction of, of, of Jack and John, I went back and had a look. And in terms of the positioning, and like you said, he looked at home, that, that is no surprise. And I remember in pre-season, um, speaking to somebody around the academy, and they were like, look at the players. And maybe this is a bit of um, 
you know, self-interest because it's their players as opposed to the others. But they were like, if you look at the players who come into the first team from the academy compared to the players who come into the first team that are those CFG players that got on loan, it goes, it's completely different because the academy players, they, you know, they're coached exactly the same way. They know all the movements. They know how to play false nine. Um, that he was like, that's why Ben Knight's been playing false nine because he knows the movements at least. And it'd yeah. be the same kind of movements that Bernardo Silva would give you. Um, and that's the thing. So when you put Palmer into that, I fully, you know, he was he was maneuvering the space for himself and taking up the right positions because he does know it. I think technically sometimes the execution was just a little bit sloppy, but fine because he's nineteen. So yeah, I think I do think both things were true. And I know some people think he was very good, and you know, I I I thought oh he could have been a bit better, but that's because I thought against West Ham he was very tidy, yeah, and he was doing stuff excellently. Like the 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 finishing wasn't there. There was one shot. So he had two shots against West Ham that he created by dropping into like the Rodri position, a like proper false nine play, and then got back in the box. And one he hit straight at the keeper and one in the second half that he put over the bar. And it was like, but that is textbook false nine play. And obviously we've seen he's got an eye for goal. So you just think if, well, I say if, I think when. When he starts pulling all this together, it's going to be a hell of an option for City. Um, so I was just thinking that, you know, just when there was that shot that kind of deflected in the box and he, he miscontrolled it. I'm not really, I'm not saying... He was bad for that because it, it came at him very quickly. But you just think, oh, if you know, if that if I did just if tap only. that one in, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, he's going to have lift off at some point in his city career, and and probably some point soon. But you just think, oh, if I'd have been then, and there was a couple of other things where you just think, oh, if he'd have just passed it then. But like I say, I, I'm I'm going to be talking myself around in circles because I want people to know, like Jack and John. I think they were just winding me up, but I was like, look, I'm not saying he's shit. I just thought he could have done a bit better on the ball. Like, I know, like if he if he was poor, and he you know people would probably dispute whether he was. Was like, if he was, I get why. It's like with with Grealish, if he's not hit the ground running, I get why. I'm not saying he's a waste of money. It's just you could just say he hasn't hit the ground running yet for yeah, this reason yeah. or that. And it, it was yeah, it's the same thing with Palmer. But yeah, the fact he's starting Premier League games now is great. And and I mean, look for everyone loves academy graduates, but like to you, what does it mean now to have this amazing team? Where you you know we just talked about how good Cancelo is as as a as a as a, as a big money signing who came in, and all the other signings were great. You know Gundogan was a bargain, twenty six million. What he's great. De Bruyne, he was a club record at one point. He was great, and you got all these great players who were so good and you know so popular. But I mean, it must be great to have obviously Foden in the team, but now Palmer as well. I mean, how how does that feel for you as a City fan to? To see two local lads coming through, although Palmer's not a City fan, I don't think. But it's it is it's the it same is kind of thing to have come through the ranks yeah, the whole way. It is great. Um, it makes me feel really old. I'm not going to lie, um, because like I I remember I remember I remember that feeling when it was Sean Wright Phillips and when it was Ned Manua and when it was like you know these these sorts of players, um, and like I I did wonder if it would if it would ever go away. When when the takeover happened and they started buying players and they were they they were getting good in in you know, winning titles and winning cups. I did wonder if it would ever go away. And you get you get to the point where you think, well, it's probably pro- probably never going to happen. You're probably going to end up with it with a lot of these academy graduates making two or three appearances and then moving on for you know eight nine million or whatever it is. Um, so it's 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 really really strange because it's 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 is really really nice to see you have these academy graduates come into the team and compete with the with the with the big boys. The I mean nobody's like like you say, nobody's saying that Cole Palmer is ready to be in City's first team week in, week out and he's ready, you know, he's is on the same level. But he is training with these players every week now and he's he's making himself available for these games and Guardiola's picking him. And that 
I, I think that shows it, it shows a huge level of trust because historically Guardiola doesn't do it, and it's the same the, the same with with bringing on McAtee. I know it's I know it was a, a game that was dead. That's a really was, interesting one. That's well, a really interesting one. the game was dead. It was it was three nil. Um, obviously, you, you get to the point where where in those sorts of the situations we talked in the past, we talked about Foden's development, where we got really frustrated at times. We're thinking the game's three nil, four nil. Bring Foden on, yeah. and then he brings Gundogan on for five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he did it with McAtee. It was, it, I mean, it, it must be. It, somebody said to me on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but uh, it must be the highest combined squad number for a Premier League yeah. substitution. It has, it, it literally has to be because yeah. uh, Cole Palmer was the highest squad number ever with eighty, and then McAtee broke that record with eighty-seven. So it's got to right. be the highest okay. con- combined. Um, you love a squad number, don't you? I, I do love a good squad number. Uh, bit of <laughs> trivia. There we go. Um, so I was gonna I was gonna ask you about about McAtee in that in that it um, yeah obviously it's an interesting situation they turned down eight million from Brighton in the summer um, he's got what is it eighteen well, months is left in his contract you know what? I don't actually know I don't actually know when it is I know there's yeah, we'll, we'll go into the situation but I'm not sure how long he's actually got but yeah go on but they 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 obviously they're, they're obviously trying to to um, I was gonna say woo him to keep him is it is is, is that the situation we're yeah. in yeah I, I think Pep coming on. Pep bringing him on was definitely a look. You know, we believe in you. We 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 want you to stay. And look again, Pep doesn't give out favors. You know, if you, I mean, I don't think this would happen. But you know, imagine like Jason Wilcox or Cheeky saying, "Look, Pep, can you bring this lad on because we need to keep him?" Like if if Pep yeah. didn't think he was up to it, he wouldn't have done it. And even if 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 that conversation did happen, Pep would be like, "Okay, well, he he is good enough, so we'll do it." Um, I, I mean, but that that I think that was a play to to get him to stay because there is a there is or has been a bit of concern. I mean, when you mentioned the Brighton thing, so obviously that, that was my story. City heavily disputed that afterwards. And they just said it wasn't true. Um, I don't know why, because as far as I'm concerned, it is. Um, and then obviously there's been the story about him not um, wanting the to sign the contract extension. Now, as far as the information was on the Brighton thing, I'd heard he was tempted by that because you know it's bright and it's more of a you know it's, it's a quicker route to first team football and, and he was he was very tempted. Um, but as far as I know, and this was a, as of a conversation I had last night, it's it's turned around now. I think he wasn't sure about a route at City, and I think of that sub that sub appearance did help. Um, there was there was a bit of talk about. Um, other motives about transfers and stuff. But um, yeah, I think initially McAtee was like, it'll be, it would be good to go somewhere else and play first team football. But um, I think people have been convincing him, you know, in his camp at the club saying, you know, this is the right place for you. And yeah. I think he's, he's started to listen to that. So there has been a bit of a situation. Um, but at the moment, as it stands, it, it seems like that'll be resolved and he'll sign a new contract and, and stay for longer. And then obviously we'll, we'll then see if he goes down the, the Foden Palmer route of, of getting more minutes, uh, yeah. which would be very interesting. But yeah, there there has been a situation there where there has been a danger that he could that he could go. Um, but it's it seems like at the moment they're they're kind of winning the battle to keep him. Was that was that his second first team appearance of the season? Did he come on against Wickham as well? Yeah, he came remember. on. He played left back, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's he's in and around the first team. Will we, will we expect to see him a, a little bit more in that same sort of sense if they, if they are trying to 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 kind of convince him a game's dead and buried and he comes on final five, final ten sort of thing? Um, I don't know because if you think once Grealish is back, once De Bruyne is back, you've got two you've got two big players there who need minutes. So I was actually thinking, you know, when you said 
it reminded you a bit of the the Foden situation where they wouldn't get brought on because like Gundogan to come on or Bernardo or whatever. But that was because you've got big first team players there who who need minutes and need to be kept happy. And at the weekend, you know, Mares was on. Sterling had started anyway. Um, there wasn't a huge. There was a little amount open of options on the yeah. bench where it was like, okay, well, I better get you on, otherwise you're going to be pissed off if I bring on a kid instead of you. So when the squad's a bit fuller, I. It'll be harder. It'll be harder. But, um, and again, I don't think they, you know, I don't just think they're going to say, right, well, you signed the contract now, so fuck off. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case. So we can expect to see him, but, um, you know, it might be a bit like, and how often did Palmer play last season? Not that, not, not that, that often. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like we just said, he's really kind of exploded. So maybe, maybe it'll be the case and it'll be great if it was. If, you know, McAtee, probably won't play too much this season as long as there's not a big injury crisis but maybe and hopefully next season you know if he signs that contract and stays then he'll, he'll play more and more really frustrating that they're out of the league cup now you know cuts down those, uh, those, yeah, those opportunities it is, it is. I mean, but who would they have played I can't remember who West Ham have got but it's, it's like is it Spurs I think it's Spurs isn't it they, so they would have played Spurs and it would have probably played um, a really them. strong yeah. team anyway yeah. but but yeah, I mean, it, it might have helped for 15, 20 minutes at the end or, or five or 10 maybe. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it seems like the contract's going the right way now. I, I think I've seen, I've noticed on Twitter, fans have been a bit worried about it, but it, it seems to be um, heading towards a, a good resolution, I think, at the moment. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of good resolutions, that's a good place to finish. Uh, that's the end of this week's Why Always Us. Thanks as ever to Sam Lee. Yeah, um, I thought I was good. I was a yeah. bit worried considering I got out of bed at what, half 12? Um, I thought <laughs> I don't know I don't know how this is going to go, but well, pleased. you go and you go and rest your voice, pl- uh, drink plenty of water, and uh, get yourself sorted. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll let everybody enjoy what you've done. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'll be I can't annoyingly I can't go to the PSG game. I'm going to go to the youth game because I don't have to type. So I'll go to that, and then I'll be back at the Etihad on on Sunday for City drawing one all with West Ham. Oh, and don't, then... don't start. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've had such we'll a going, nice show, don't start. There? I know, I know, I know. We are. Um, also, but I mean, genuinely, that um, Black Friday offer we've got, is it 12 quid for a yeah, year? Yeah, it's 12 quid for a year. It's like, £1 a month for like, 12 months. I can't, I can't offer you anything so far, but to be fair, I've written loads of stuff that's like timeless over the years. Not timeless in terms of, oh, it's so good, but like, it's not tied to a particular game. So there's loads of stuff there. But also, well, yeah, when I'm back, There'll be loads of stuff coming up. So twelve and a, quid. And a Rodri we talked piece. about this before. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, there'll be a Roger piece at some point. We've talked about this before, but like sometimes those offers are like, like they're taking the piss kind of thing. So yeah, if if you don't subscribe already, it ain't gonna get any better than that, I don't think. So yeah. do it. And we'll see. We well, can enjoy great content for a year at least, hopefully yeah. for a lifetime. Offer ends at midnight on Sunday the twenty eighth of November. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.